in conversation with musicians from the UK jazz scene. And now your hosts, Rob Cope and Dan Farrant. Hello and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. This is, I think it's 102, Dan. 102. Crikey, how are you doing? Doing all right, thanks. How are you doing? Yes, everything's under control. What have you been up to? Um, the usual. How was you were in Barcelona? Mm, I was. was it? it was very civilized and relaxing. What did you do there? Uh, we went. Go? We went. You know the. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to pronounce this right. La Sagrada Familia. La Sagrada Familia. Yes. Oh, I knew I would be close. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, we went to see it, and I was just really uh, kind of mesmerised. That it's incredible, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, there's like eighteen eighties that they started, maybe eighty eighty two that this was starting to be built. And they still haven't finished. No, but it's going to be done. So they say in twenty twenty six. Is that right? Good. Well, it puts the jazz podcast into perspective. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. You know, in the jazz podcast, if you were to count episodes, let's say we do 50 a year. Mm. Um, no, that's not true, is it? Let's go with 26 a year, um, roughly. Uh, when did we start? Um, maybe two and a half years we've been doing this. It was like February, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. February 2018. No, February 2017. So we've been going 29 months. Uh, 29 months. Okay. And 101 shows. Divided... 102 shows. Oh, yeah. Whoops. 102 shows divided 30, by... 35, is it? So that... 35 a year. Okay. I don't know how you got that number because my calculator came out at 4.8. So we'll call it 35 shows a year. Now, it's 2019 mm. minus 1882. So that's 137 years that this building mm. has been being built times by 35 shows so if they'd started a podcast at the same time it would now be episode 4795 there you go that doesn't seem like enough (laughs) (laughs) no i think that would be enough Mm, it'd be enough for us for the audience bless their definitely for the audience yes so i met a lovely um violinist matt holborn last week who runs the jazz violin podcast oh there you go i know i know it makes us seem all broad and ridiculous i mean yeah that is that is a niche isn't it i mean that is i can't imagine there are that many jazz violinists are there well that's how i felt dan but it seems like there must be because there's there's um there's 16 episodes released they're one a month and this show has been running uh, for over a year as well, since March 2018. Um, and, and he's got more listens than us, has he? Well, I should think so. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Is it worth a listen? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely play it. Have yeah. a listen. Might be better than this, in case this is wildly disillusioning. Oh, hard to be, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so, I was going to say, oh, yeah... I've um, I've hit the big time since the last episode. In so you got another ways. gig. I've got a gig, 
yeah. I had a gig at the Manchester Jazz Festival. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool. I remember you saying, how did it go? Yeah, it was great, actually. Alex Monk came and played. Um, mm. He was like the founding guitarist of my band with, with Elliot Galvin and John Ormston. But I since uh, since started playing it with Rob Luft, but it was so good to play with Alex again. Oh, nice. Um, oh, John Ormston's texted me at that exact oh. moment because I forgot. Conga Flange. My fair, that's the one. Um, iconic uh, PSN username. Um, now he has three <laughs> kids. He's reduced to mobile phone games only. Ah, oh, poor guy. Mm. It's a window into a horrible may, future. <laughs> may he rest in peace. <laughs> we love you, Conga Flange. So um, I played at the Jazz Festival. It was really fun. Um, my band's also been played on Jazz FM three or four times. I've been on Ooh. BBC Radio 6 as well. Wow, there Absolute you go. The big madness. time. But it got me thinking, Dan, if yeah. you could replace me. Well, no, you could never replace you, Rob. But let's say you have to. If you ha- if you could make a super group instead of listening to my band. <laughs> I thought we'd play this little game. Who, who, You know, you have to be alive, obviously, to be in the super group. Drums. Right. Soprano saxophone, piano. Oh, can we change the lineup? Uh, you just said soprano saxophone. <laughs> no, you can't. No, that's that is a. What about Wayne Shorter? He's. He oh, could... I, oh, I just don't like the soprano. You really not? Wow. No. Well, you kept that one quiet. No, I didn't. I vocally, I've made it known that I don't really <laughs> like saxophone. Before. I, I like the tenor, but. <laughs> I had no, no idea. You never said anything when I sent you the album. I swear we've had a whole episode about. Me not liking the sax. I know you didn't like the sax in general or sax players in general, but I didn't know it was a specific soprano distaste it's on the top. Worst of them, isn't it? Really? Well, it's it's like when you get jazz oboe. It's kind of on par with that. It just shouldn't. No. Just you know I mean, what? I have an irrational pet hate for the core anglais. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but. No, there is not. I'm not having. There is no super group with a soprano sax in. Wow, this is not how I imagine this game would go. But um, well, what would you do then? I just wouldn't have a sax. Okay, but the fine. thing is, your your band also doesn't have a bass player in. So, so two things that you really enjoy in life: not yeah. saxophone and the bass. Exactly. And my album's got none of it. Yeah. I sent um a copy to Again, Steve. The- to Steve Berry, a uh, well-known bassist and uh, alumni from episode three, I think, and um, four or five, one of the single digits. Um, anyway, Steve like messaged me back being like, I can't believe you made me crowdfund a baseless quartet album. <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought of it. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I think I've ruined his life. Why don't you like the bass? Let's, we need to address this. Well done. When I was at college, there just wasn't, you know, in my undergrad degree, yeah. I was I was with John Ormston and with two other guys, Jack Davies and Tom Taylor, but there wasn't really a bassist that we were really into playing with, so we just played without one. Yeah, well, I see that. I can see that when there isn't a bass player, but now that it's been, what, 10 years since you were at college? Well, I then asked Tom McCready to join the band. Yeah. Uh, and he couldn't do the, the first gig that we had, or he lied to me because he didn't want to be in it and be associated with me. Either is fine. Um, <laughs> but I took it as a sign again. I was like, oh, if Tom doesn't want to... Well, Tom isn't the only bass player in the world. No, it was a long time ago. But mm. I don't know if it... 
if the kind of music it's very freely improvised sometimes i wonder if i put a bass in whether it would it would uh make it harder (laughs) i don't want to improve it (laughs) the one thing it's got going for it without bass is you can listen through like rubbish uh you know headphones and it doesn't affect it yeah you know super trebly (laughs) um i mean yeah when i when i first sent it to to there's been a few people in the jazz media who have been like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Where the hell's the bass player? What's going on here? Is this even jazz? This... <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a source of great confusion and, and upset for many. Yeah. The other great thing that happened to me, I played at mm. um, Glen Eagles golf course on Saturday. Nice. Um, you played? I played clarinet. Golf. No, or, I, no, I wouldn't be invited okay. to play golf. I would, yeah. be, I would be politely asked to leave or shot by one of the archery candidates. You know, yeah. it's so posh. They've got the like shooting range archery. You can go duck, uh, not duck fishing, uh, you know, fly fishing. And, uh, right. if you catch a fish, the chef will cook it for you if you want. Oh, nice. There I you know. go. I know. That's some good, good hotel, uh, experience if you want it. I feel like Americans are quite into that. They're always in the news for shooting things and killing things and hunting it's things. Part of their culture, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's for them, you know. Death, death, and fish, and getting it grilled. Mm. Guns, anyway, I think it's probably what it is. Yes, yes. Um, I remember Martin Hummel said to me once, "The Americans, it's ready, fire, aim." Um, yeah. <laughs> and at the time I was like, Martin, I don't think that's the right. Oh, I see. <laughs> very, very slow moment. Yep. The, yeah. Anyway. So, um, I played before, uh, Pat Cash and Greg Rosetsky played a little tennis match. Oh, nice. Yes. And, very good. Uh, it was, uh, what was the point? Why are we talking? Oh yeah. Someone recognized me from the jazz <laughs> podcast. One of those, like, it was like a sitcom, you know, when I was yeah. like, I was like leaving the stage and, and then yeah. the musician came up to me and was like, Hey, you're that guy that does the jazz podcast. Oh, there you go. I know. I know. It's was, very... Who was it? Give him a shout out. Yeah. I don't, the problem is Dan, <laughs> I'm such a big time personality on the but jazz. You haven't scene. got, yeah. You haven't um, got time to remember people's names. No, not even a little bit. I no. I do know if you're listening, uh, this 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 dude. He was at the Royal Scottish um, Conservatoire mm. um, in his second year studying saxophone, and I didn't get time to catch his name. But as I was whisked away by my bodyguards, I was shouting <laughs> at him. You know, send me a send me a Facebook invite. Yeah. You know, let's have a chat. And he hasn't done it. So uh. I know. So if you're out there. You know, yeah. Oh, did you ever read those newspaper clippings? That's like to the to the saucy man on the night fifteen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like that, but this is yeah. the audio version. Like lonely you, hearts. Yeah, exactly. Come on, dude. I'm here. I'm waiting. I'm I'm like refreshing my Facebook friend. You know, requests every <laughs> half hour here, and my heart pines, pines for a simpler time. Yeah. Yeah. So, who would your ideal band be then? Yeah, I did, of course think it all through because let's be honest it's not going to have john ormston in it mm, no actually at no, <laughs> <laughs> at no point did i consider <laughs> i would keep my own band i love you john yeah you're not listening to this you've got three kids it's fine i yeah. can say what i like he's in knee deep in nursery problems right now mm-hmm. 
so I thought about replacing myself with Wayne Shorter. That seemed like obvious a very choice. obvious choice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if ever I can't make a gig, I'm pretty sure he'd be pleased to step in. Yeah. Then maybe on piano, I'd quite like to take, you could have like John Escree or Brad Meldow could be cool. Don't know about, yeah, maybe John Escree. And then, and then, uh, what have I got? Guitar, John Schofield. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, and Jack DeJanette on the drums. I think that'd oh. be quite a interesting way to that'd go. That'd be a very interesting way. A very civilized kind of, well, maybe, um, I mean, Rob Luft is really good at the guitar. His first album, I'm so into it. Yeah. You know, I'd quite like to have like one young person to fly the flag, you know? Yeah. A bit like Grillam Simcock in the Pat Metheny band, you know? So yeah. A plucky young Brit in there to rough. He didn't want feathers. to put Gwilym in to make up for all of the faux pas in recording episodes, did you? Oh yeah, if you if you weren't aware already, I've deleted two episodes of Williams by accident. <laughs> You've recorded two full podcasts of them and deleted them. Just is that is that right? Yeah, and then they were recordings <laughs> for about six months apart as well. Oh, um, Rob. I know it's been going on so long because the first time it it got deleted was before the show had even started airing. It was December 2016. Yeah, um, I did an interview in Lincoln on my old laptop, and then the hard drive crashed. Um, so that wasn't really my fault. And then the second time I was making the film about Richard Turner and, um, as I was downloading, I was like, you know, dubbing some video onto the hard disk and the hard disk space got filled up. And in a moment of panic, I tried to take off some, uh, files and accidentally deleted the second episode we'd done having already, (laughs) having already gone back and groveled once. So, Oh, you're a dick. Yeah, I'm a terrible, <laughs> terrible moron. And he's not the only person who's had a lost show and had to come oh, back. Let that Wendy Kirkland, bless her, her show um the file corrupted as I stopped recording it. So um we had to do the entire thing again as well. Oh, and I tell you what, a testament to Wendy's skills, the second show was better. Yeah. And that's really hard because I like to as you like you know, I like to be dangerously under-practiced and under-researched. So, um, so that there's a genuine note of surprise when I find out anything at all about the guest. Um, and, uh, that kind of goes away when you do it, the whole thing a second time. Mm. Yeah. So I've got a bit of a better system now. There are some duplicates, but still let that be a warning to you. If you think it's as simple as just coming on the jazz podcast, you may have to do two or three interviews before we actually <laughs> smart yeah. enough to air one. Oh dear. I know. Shocking. Also, Dan, I think it's time that we actually became, or we have become a selective show. Oh, we, are we, surely we we're desperate enough though, that we're not going to say no. Well, yes. Maybe it's just a case of selecting the order. Oh, Okay. I have been inundated with a lot of requests lately. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, yeah. So I don't know what my point is really. It's not really a website you can apply on or anything. Maybe we could like votes. No, people don't engage with us, do they? No, there's no social media. No. We've done a third competition, which Miguel Garibaldi won by default. Um, Just because he entered. Yep. 
And he actually put loads of effort into his answers. It was to win a copy of Tom Corley's album. Yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell him that he was the only entrant, especially not after all the effort he put into it. Like, you know, there's like naming the, the reason behind each of the track names of Tom's album, um, Catanasio mm. and why he'd named each track, what he'd named it. And, um, they're all football names and like niche things like Zona Mista. Um, you know, anyway, Miguel wrote a wonderful, basically an essay, like a thousand words for, you know, and, and, uh, so I was like, oh, wow, Miguel, you've won. You've done so great. You've put all this effort in. He was well, <laughs> he was well chuffed. He was the only one. He was, yeah. That's yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah. Did you make him pay postage? I think Tom Corley will probably make oh, him okay. pay postage. Good, okay. <laughs> so, oh, so Dan, today, it's... Well, yeah, we've talked long enough. Let's get on with this. <laughs> put this show out of its misery. Today is Bonsai Club. Uh, with their new album, um, in fact, B-O-N-S-A-I. The album is out on Ubuntu Records. It came out on the 31st of May, so you can just go and buy it right now. Ah, crumbs. I'm trying to find some information. You'd think I remembered it all um, and then forgot everything. And now all I'm getting on the internet is is pictures of um, bonsai trees. Okay, bonsai. The album Bonsai Club. There's mm. some cracking videos on YouTube as well, actually. They've done some great music videos. Dominic Ingham, uh, actually, uh, Dom and Rory are on the show. Mm. Dom is a is a mega jazz violinist. I don't think he's been on Matt's Jazz Violin podcast yet, but I oh. think I think that is going to be in the offing big time now. We've had one violinist, haven't we? We've had Rich Jones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one who Matt hasn't had on his show. Oh, well, is- there you go. Which is kind of amazing, I know. Um, so we're going to listen to a tune. We'll check out Bonsai Club. This is uh, Itchy Knee. Itchy Knee, great, great title. Yeah, very relatable. Dominic Ingham, hello, welcome to the Jazz Podcast. Hi, hi. How's it going, chaps? Yeah, very well, thanks. So let's talk about the album. Yeah, so it's um, so Bonsai are releasing um, an album called Bonsai Club, right? Um, and that's going to be out on the thirty-first of May, and we're really excited that. That will be released on Ubuntu Music. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, a label which I think you you've also recently um, signed to. Yeah, that's uh, correct. So uh, we, I mean, we, as you know, you know, Martin Martin Hummel is uh, kind of a, a such an amazing presence on the on the scene that we're we're so excited to be working with him and to have kind of to have found him and we're able to um record this album put this album out on his label so we recorded it in july 2018 and we spent five days in in the giant wafer studios in wales and uh we were there with alex kilpatrick which is um, a very very uh he's a, a great mixing engineer and he engineered the recording session as well what had you like heard an album that that um inspired you to want to get alex to be the guy that mixed it yes uh we heard uh, an album that big bad wolf put out oh i love that cd yeah yeah um and we thought wow that's incredible and there's other things he'd done some things with um i think uh rob loft and uh um various people have you heard uh, snow poet yes yeah that's that was another yeah, yeah. and um that you know that yeah that was a, a a good example of where we alex has obviously um worked his magic yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got we got to um we got to spend a, an awful lot of time with Alex. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, we, we, I mean, we ended up doing, we ended up mixing, Adam, how many, how many days was it mixing? 12? 12 days mixing. Wow. Which is, it's a, uh, yeah, it was um, unexpected, <laughs> but also very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, we also, no, sorry, carry on. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just going to say we, we um we also um did quite a lot of overdubs with Alex. Yeah. Like all the vocals on the album, which there is quite a lot, yeah. was yeah. done within the mixing period. So actually there was a few extra days on top of that twelve to to allow in for um mainly the, the vocals but also other bits and bobs, um percussion um, although the percussion was recorded in the house I'm uh, currently sat in um, with the um, with Johnny Mansfield, um, the drummer, yeah, d- did all the percussion overdubs in this house. Um, so, what so, yeah. else did you find that that would get you up to twelve days for mixing? Uh, the synths, right? Took, took yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was well, it was totally worth it. Yeah, totally. Because uh, it completely changed the sound of the the album. Well, that that and the vocals, I think. Yeah. Added a lot and uh, made eventually made a sound that we didn't expect. Oh uh, wow! So, did you yeah. always intend to do loads of vocal and synth overdubs, or did it just kind of happen as you were working through it and mixing it? Yeah, I think that with the synths, we kind of just realised that Alex was able to do that and had had them in his studio right um so yeah because well we're we're not really that clued up on it so he would uh 
we'd kind of explain the sort of thing that we wanted and then he'd just go and mess around a bit. Uh, and then we'd say, yeah, we like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, the vocals are kind of, I knew that I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to, I was aware of, very aware of overpowering it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so, it's so easy just to put it, just to put vocals on everything. Uh, but actually, um, it, it turned out all right. How did you like pitch it to Martin to get him involved? I think we went for a beer, um, which was very exciting. I thought, <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 then it was kind of we eventually. I learned more about him, and 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 then I'd sent him some tracks, and he was really into it. And at this point, we'd recorded the album, and it was quite hard to. I think he has a, a policy where he likes to hear the full album unless he's kind of signed on at the earlier stages. Um, well, with us at least, he wanted to hear the full thing. Um, maybe, maybe that's not the case with other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe he wasn't convinced. I don't know. Um, anyway, so so at this point, we couldn't, we didn't have anything that was mixed to send him. I think this was back in October. And um, and the mixing had been pushed back because it was. Uh, I mean, Alex Kilpatrick's so busy that we we ended up not being able to do the mixing until six months after the recording, which is just kind of just how it turned out. Yeah. So um, all this just when you think you've got lots of time, um, you know, we started planning for the, to do the album in probably uh, November twenty seventeen. Yeah. And then, you know, and then arranging all the getting into the studio and all that stuff that takes so long um, and locking down dates with the five of us. And um, so we didn't get in the studio until July 2018. And then and then it all kind of I realized, well, it's a, it's a, it's a great learning curve for us because with this only being our second album, it's um, we're still uh, there's a lot that we don't know. And um, in terms of kind of time scale of of you know how people work and how organized we need to be yeah and as a collective that's sometimes hard to kind of get our own organization together um you know we've all we've all there's five opinions and um it's uh it takes longer sometimes to to kind of reach an answer yeah um, which which working with martin is we've kind of discovered um kind of more than in any other situation where now there's another party involved and and um it's important that you know to be able to communicate what we want yeah you know, and and hear about what he wants and so it's uh, all written roughly like between the five of you the album uh yeah um well i sh- yeah roughly but I, I, my, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> well, there's, there's, uh, there aren't any of my tunes on the album or Toby's. Um, so it's just Dom, Joe, the bass player, and uh, Johnny. Yeah, uh, this reminds me, actually. Um, that, uh, tell us who's in the band, because I forgot to ask already. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Rory Ingham on trombone, um, Dominic Kingham on violin and vocals. Toby Como on keyboards and piano, um, Joe Lee on electric bass, and 
Johnny Mansfield on drums. Nice. But the album is kind of there's ex, there there are more things. <laughs> yeah. With Johnny doing percussion and oh and vibraphone as well. So you know, happy with the album and and we're um, we hope it reaches a an audience that not only jazz but also well general yeah. a general yeah. music audience. Um, the it, the album includes all kinds of you know influences of of kind of rock and indie rock. Um, so we're kind of hoping that and with the vocals, hoping that that will reach a uh, a greater audience. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations, chaps, on a glorious, glorious album. It's a pleasure to listen to it. I'm going to play to finish. Uh, let's let's have a listen to Hop, uh, the hip replacement. Dan, that was Hop the Hip Replacement. <laughs> Good title again. Yeah, steamers. Um, so, any plans this week? This week? Oh, I'm off to Copenhagen tomorrow. Oh, nice. How come? Uh, for a gig. Oh. Yeah, I've not been before. Have you? I have, and it's really my spiritual home. Oh, that's nice. Have you got any places I should go? Mm, there's a lovely, like, uh, round tower in the middle of the town. Yeah. It's like a big lighthouse, but you can walk up it. Walk okay. up this great big slope, great views of the city. And there's also, um, it's a funny little, like, round, it's a bit like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but you can drive a little car up to the top if it's small oh, enough. Oh, sounds fantastic. And once it goes dark, there's an astronomy uh, mm. a tower and a telescope at the top, so you can do, like, night viewings of the sky. Nice. The other thing is there's a really nice um, library, like a public library mm. in the docks, you can go up to the top floor and get some lunch, you know. Oh, you have to send me the address. I'll check that out. Yeah, Sounds cool. lovely. Very Scandinavian, you know, like shipyard, but quite trendy. Um, yeah. The main reason it's my spiritual home is the meal times. It's like breakfast at 7, lunch at 11, dinner at 5. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, bed by 9. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's the dark and the cold, I'm sure. I you guess, know? yeah, it's a bit further north, isn't it? Not much, though. Exactly. Must no, be honest, very similar. It is, but it's a lot colder. Yeah. Or maybe it's hotter in summer, too. But, um, 
I went to, I can't remember if we talked about this already, I went to Barcelona last week. Yeah, how, yeah, um, we mentioned it at the oh, beginning. Oh, we did, yeah, well, I found Sorry, that really stressful. You didn't stressful. tell us much, but, yeah. I didn't You went say. to Sagrada Familia. I did. Uh, you know. Did you go to Gracia? Um, I'm sure I did. Let me just get on Google Maps and see. Uh, see, we did, like, a cycling tour. It's very civilised. Um, we, uh... We are, what, what what's my point? Oh yeah, lunch times in Spain incredibly oh, stressful. Like they oh. eat so late there as well. Yeah, that's that that it's not. Yeah, exactly. Lunch is like three p.m. Dinner maybe yeah. nine o'clock. Oh no, like it's later. Than, I remember when we were we lived there for a month and um, yeah, it was crazy. Like we'd get to the restaurant at half nine and they wouldn't really be ready, <laughs> and then we'd finished our meal maybe like quarter to eleven. And people were just coming. That just blows it was my crazy. Mind. <laughs> By that point, I'm like in a cold sweat of panic. That they're going like, <laughs> to be like, "Who the hell's coming for dinner this late? Yeah. What are you doing?" Uh, yes, we did go to Grazia. We had a nice walk around there after Park Well. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, lovely. My favourite place. Oh sweet, why? Probably in the world. Hmm. How come? Oh, I just went there every day when we were there for. a it's good. Love the feel of it. It's Great awesome. restaurants. Yeah, and the coffee. Oh, um, yeah, everything. Oh, the anchovies. Oh, I didn't eat any anchovies. Oh, I didn't eat any anchovies. Mm. I sent you a little PDF of things to do. I know you did. I used it. I used it wildly. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back and look at it again and tell you all the things that were on it yeah. that we did. Um, I had a Cortado while I was there oh, yeah. poured over Nutella. Like a Nutella, Ooh. you know, two centimetre thick Nutella slab. Oh, lovely. Oh, man. It was just, man. yeah. Yeah, they love their Cortados there. Oh, God, I love them. They're so like much. a euro ten. One euro ten for a Cortado. Yeah, it's great. easily sink eight or nine coffees every day. Yeah. Oh, we would. So good. Yeah. I want to go back. I like mm. the Spanish the culture. It's great, isn't it? It does feel good. Well, it's Catalan, isn't it? Catalan culture. Yeah, you're right. Good, good appropriate knowledge there mm. it's how I feel like London's going to be after Brexit like it's going to just feel really disconnected from the rest of the UK yeah oh I don't Whoa. want to I know I just dropped the B word I've been, I haven't read the news in about four months just because I get so down about it do you know what that, this is the same for me I took my you know BBC news app Apple News all that stuff off my phone yeah yeah I blocked myself from looking at it Work. It's a lot. I'm a lot happier not looking at the news. I have to say. I guess there's a limit. I remember there's a Billy Connolly joke about there's only so many f- you can give. <laughs> well, where are you dropping f bombs on? on <laughs> well, you drop the b word, so we might as well go all the way. Well, I mean, there's quite a big difference. <laughs> well, we might beat that one out. Yeah, maybe if we ever had an editor. I could get. I could just not do it myself. Because you'll have to mark it as like not appropriate. I know you either have to mark it with an E for explicit, which makes it look like porn, or bleep it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's true. You know, he's like the joke is about watching the news all the time, and you're just like, you're just like, oh god, when will it end? I might even see if I can find it. Do it. Let's see if we can get ourselves sued, because at least then we know someone's listening. Sued? I don't want to be sued. I feel... 
I feel like it's a big time, you know, show. If we get if we need like jazz podcast lawyers in special suits with the logo on the front. Hmm. That would be cool. I'd be well up for that. <laughs> maybe it's time. Yeah, maybe. Next week it's Kim Makari. Oh great. Yeah, it's lovely. I'm really excited. Um I've not heard of Kim. Um She's very what, interesting. Oh. Um, she plays really cool show. She plays the trumpet. Okay. She um she's the booking agent for the Vortex, so she's kind of programming that whole yeah. venue. Um, but and she's also she's sort of into music very similar to my album, you know, like spoken word in jazz. Um, she's just much better than me at everything. So, um, you know, she can like actually get gigs and play in venues and stuff. It all it's all beyond me, Dad. But I'm very impressed. <laughs> Okay, cool. I look forward to it. Yeah. So, I better go, because I've actually just spilt a cup of tea all over the table. Ah. Nice. Yeah, but it's not dripping, so it's not an emergency. Okay, good. Yeah, it's slowly seeping towards the edge. I reckon I've got another 25 seconds before... Oh, mate, you run then. All right, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to The Jazz Podcast. We'll see you all next week. Bye.